Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite inconsistent movie podcast. We're going to try and change that a little bit, hopefully get some more episodes going here, but uh, my name's Jake Rydquist. I'm here with Teddy Hirschfield today, and this is the True Critic Podcast. Teddy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back again. You know, I there's nobody else I'd rather have here. I Usually my it. producer, but I think I like you more as a co-host. What do you think? Well, you know, it's... Uh Bring a nice balance, you know. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously here we're here today talking about Top Gun Maverick, one of the biggest phenomenons to strike the movie industry in a long time. And uh, before we get going with that, though, I mean, Teddy, it's been a while since the listeners have, her- have uh, heard from us. Yeah. How, how have you been? What's new? I've been good. You know, um, had a good semester at Albion back for the summer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, Pain in my dad's basement. Oh, okay, <laughs> believe me, I've heard more than enough about um, that. Yeah, no, it's uh, I've been uh, Lake Orion coaching. Yeah, you have Bulldogs coaching for baseball. Good, good stuff. How have you been? Thank you for asking. Yeah. Last time we podcast, you didn't ask what I was doing. So uh, I was anyway, really nervous. Yeah. We were talking about ten movies I hadn't seen before. I was very nervous. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you, you you did great. And the one today, you have seen it twice. I have, yes. So there you go. Um, with intentions of a third. Yeah, me too, and I'm very excited. Yeah. But uh, I've been good. Just working and playing ball and watching movies. Yeah, boy. Those, those are my days. And Catan. I did, l- yeah, recently learn how to play Catan, and that's a hell of a game. I, huh. So. I mean, competitive Catan, I think, is going to be in my future for many, many years oh yeah. to come. So when I, I learned how to play that with my buddy John. You know John? Heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Heard of him. Uh, he taught me like right before COVID hit. Uh-huh. And then when COVID hit, and obviously we were all at home doing nothing, I was, I, we bought it. And I told my parents, like, you have to play it. And they're like, I don't know. We're not big board game people. Like, this is kind of stupid. Like, the whole idea. And there's a lot of rules. So you got to play it like four or five times. I agree. And like, yeah. once you get it all down, then you're like, this is all I want to do. <laughs> this is a fantastic game. Yeah. It's strategy. There's a little bit of luck in there, definitely. But for the most part, like, it's, it's like poker. Like, yeah, there's luck in it, but there's also a lot that you can control. Right, 100%. And I people that say, like, oh, I'm not a board game person, get over yourself. Exactly. You need to try it. Cause like Screenager. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I started playing a lot of board games similar to Catan in high school when I had a class and around board games. Uh-huh. Board games are awesome. They're like, awesome. They're so underrated. Yeah. Like, that's a great way to pass an hour is yeah, like oh playing yeah. a game like that. And to keep your mind sharp but without, like, just – reading or like just doing something that's like you know what i mean like it's it's a fun way to keep your mind sharp agreed but you know what's better than board games top gun maverick Top Gun <laughs> Maverick. before we start talking about the movie <laughs> though i wanted to ask you if you have uh if you have any sort of relationship to tom cruise because i mean he's i mean without a doubt one of the if not the biggest straight up movie stars that we have working today yeah i mean it's like he's one of the few people working where it's just like Tom Cruise is in this movie, and that's the selling point of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was just wondering if you have any sort of relationship to him. I personally don't. I mean, I the first Top Gun, A Few Good Men, Mission Impossibles, I, I'm not a huge fan. Like, like I like him. I think he's a really good actor, but I am not as a fanatic as a lot of people are. My dad is a big Tom Cruise guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and so is my mom. But I, I just – I never really looked at, like – I don't know. Some people would argue he's top three, maybe top five actors of all time. Whoa. Which I, I don't know if you're going to agree. I just don't see him as that at all. I just yeah. see him as a regular actor. 
I I see him as I think he has an incredible movie star quality, mm-hmm. just a presence and a charisma that I think is like undeniable and frankly unmatched by a lot of actors. But I don't think he's a great actor. Yeah, like I, I think in even in Top Gun Maverick, like the more dramatic scenes where it's just like him and somebody in a room talking. I wouldn't say terrible, but I it's wouldn't. definitely like. But I think part of the writing, but yeah, it's there's you definitely as an audience member like all right, let's get back in the planes. Well, yeah. But we'll get know, into that. I still liked it. <laughs> I still like him a lot. And oh, I, 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 I loved it. I love him. I just yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a great. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I think it's an extremely rare franchise where it's gotten progressively better. I mean, it is a 25 year old franchise, and I think the first one's great. But then like two is not very good. Three is pretty good. I think underrated, honestly. Then four is really cool. Five is like whoa, this is like a genuinely awesome action movie. And then six was like. Whoa. And I think six, I was thinking six might be the best uh, action movie I've seen, or Top Gun Maverick, I think, is the best action movie I've seen since Mission Impossible Fallout. Really? Which I think is a testament to Cruise. But yeah, so I, I, I really enjoy Tom Cruise, but um, I definitely like his action work most. I do like A Few Good Men a lot. Jerry Maguire, I think, is. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. I don't have as close as, close as a, of a relationship to that movie as a lot of people, but I mean, it could be, you know. I mean, I wasn't even born yet when the movie came out, and right. then I just saw it for the first time during COVID, and I mean, it's good, but I definitely, I appreciate his action work a lot, Yeah. and I just saw Top Gun for the first time right before I saw Top Gun Maverick, so, and I thought that it was great, and I think it really? holds up really well. I Yeah, I mean, there's a certain level of camp and silliness to it, of yeah. being from 1986, but I think it holds up really well. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, um... I, um, so, just real quick, my parents, when I was, like, 10... We went through this like long, like a year or two, like chapter of like my parents just being like, you have to watch these old films, yeah, like classics. Mm-hmm. And Top Gun was like one of the first that and like Caddyshack, were, like the two first ones that I watched. Mm-hmm. Not maybe I wasn't ten watching Caddyshack, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so definitely like is a very classic movie, which is why I'm surprised that you just recently saw it for the first time yeah my parents been doing the same thing where they've been trying me trying to get me to watch it for years and i think a sequel coming out was finally the thing that was like yeah maybe i probably should watch it yeah i liked it a lot and i think it uh it's very it's very distinct i think there's a lot of stuff you see in the original top gun where you're like i've never seen anybody do that in any other movie like the performances i think specifically from like Cruz, who's doing so much in that movie, and then like Val Kilmer, and even I think Anthony Edwards, who plays Goose. I I don't I really liked it though, and I can mm-hmm. definitely be a movie I revisit frequently. But let's talk about Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Before we talk about our thoughts on the movie, I want to talk a little bit about the Top Gun Maverick phenomenon. Okay. Okay. The movie was originally supposed to come out in 2020. Right. It was delayed two years because Cruz was so adamant on it being released in theaters. There was a lot of streaming services willing to offer a lot of money to be able to show it on their platform. And Cruz, who has a big say in things with this movie, mm-hmm. was like, no, this movie is coming out in theaters. And, you know, even when you see the movie in theaters, you get that little, like, 30-second clip of Tom Cruise right before the movie starts. Right. Where he's like, oh, thank you so much for coming to see this in movie theaters. We did this for you. We hope you enjoy it, all that stuff. And uh, his gamble paid off. Oh, yeah. Because the movie made... Over the four-day Memorial Day weekend, $160 million, which makes it the highest-grossing um, opening weekend for any movie ever over that. Really? Over the Memorial Day weekend, yes. Wow. And box office um, calculations, at least for opening weekends, usually just count the first three days. So it's like the Thursday night preview and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So over that course, it made $126 million. 
Holy which is God. which is excellent. That's fantastic business. But what's absolutely incredible is how much money it made in its second weekend. Movies usually, especially big blockbusters, take a huge hit from mm-hmm. weekend one to weekend two. For a frame of reference, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which came out less than a month before Top Gun Maverick, opening weekend made $187 million, which is very good. It, you know, Marvel is a huge franchise. That type of money is expected from a movie like that. So $187 million weekend one. Weekend two was $61 million, which is still good, but that's a huge drop. Less than half. Oh yeah, it's like a almost. I don't know. I didn't have the numbers in front of me, but it's like almost a seventy percent drop. Okay. In in amount of money in revenue. Top Gun Maverick went from one hundred twenty six million opening weekend to ninety million its second weekend, Holy which is cow. not even a thirty percent drop. That's Teddy. I I know you don't know a ton about this, but that's unheard of in movies. That I got That is historic achievements right there. That is like the power of word of mouth. Right. On a, on a level that we haven't seen in decades. Well, that's because, well, I, I mean, from what I've seen, like, a lot of movies that have their first or or second or whatever, and they come up with a sequel much later, mm-hmm. I feel like they always drop the ball. Yeah. Like, like I know you're a big fan of, like, The Incredibles 2. Yeah, I did like Incredibles 2. I did not, and I think that they kind of dropped the ball from the first one. Yeah. And I think, like, this is the first time where they got it right, or the Space Jam. Space Jam, they dropped the ball. Horrible, yeah. But like, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to bring that up later in the discussion. But uh, there's kind of like a new genre of film that has come out over the past ten years or so, and it's called the legacy sequel, which is a sequel that comes out Mm -hmm. so many years after the first. So this is 100% a legacy sequel. It's Mm -hmm. 36 years after Top Gun, but yeah, your Space Jam, which is almost. 20-some years after the first Space Jam. There's Incredibles 2, which was almost 15, 20 years after the first one. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife just oh came yeah. out last year, and that was, <laughs> like, what, almost 40 years after the first Ghostbusters. There's all these things, and I think I was going to bring this up when we were talking about our thoughts on the movie, but so much of it is just, like, nostalgia bait. Exactly. Where it's like, hey, you remember this from the first movie? Wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, you remember how Bill Murray used to be in the Ghostbusters? Uh, winking at the camera, and I'm like, yeah, okay, so. And that's not what makes a good movie. I know, and Top Gun Maverick was so different because like, Top Gun was very fresh in my mind when I saw it for the first time because I'd literally watched it the night before. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously some stuff where it was like, you know, there's very overt flashbacks where it's like, you know, in case people aren't as up to date with Top Gun, remember this was in the first movie, and this is why we're doing it in the second movie. There was little hints at that, but there's such an emphasis on character in this movie. I think, especially oh, yeah. for Maverick, which like really like made made it completely feel like its own thing, which yeah. is which is just such a smart decision. And I wish more legacy sequels did that instead of just relying a hundred percent on nostalgia. Yeah, for it. I agree. And I was a little worried when Top Gun first start, Top Gun Maverick like first started because the opening credits of Top Gun Maverick are like a shot for shot remake of the opening of the mm-hmm. opening credits of Top Gun, and so I was a little worried sitting there because I was like, "Is this gonna be just the same thing? You know, am I just gonna watch Top Gun again just with you know newer technology?" But then after that, I was and you know I'd heard you know before I saw it, obviously the, all the positive reviews had come out, and I was thinking to myself like. I mean, there's no way it's going to be this similar to the original and, you know, people are saying this many positive things about it. And I was, you know, I was so pleasantly surprised to see how original it really was. Oh, so yeah. 
I liked that aspect of it a lot. So the financial aspect of it is just beyond impressive. And then I just I mentioned earlier the word of mouth of this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned Doctor Strange just a little bit ago, and it's like, like I'm so lucky that so many people in my life want to talk to me about movies. And so like with Doctor Strange, for example, the only people that want to talk to me about that movie are like people I know that are really into Marvel. Right. With Top Gun Maverick, I have heard from more people about this movie than I've probably heard about any movie ever. Mm-hmm. And it's people I know that, like, I have friends that are openly, like, I dude, I just don't really like going to the movies. Like, I think it's kind of a waste of money. I think, I don't I just don't get very much out of it. And obviously, I disagree with that because right. oh, going to the movies is my favorite thing. But I'll like say that th- I believe that with some things. Like, I definitely, I have to want to see a movie in order to go. Right. I'm not like you where I'm like, hey, what, what I'll go to a movie. Oh, what do I want to see? Yeah. You know, it's like a, I want to see this, so I have to make plans to go to the theaters. Right. So I'm I'm in that boat. Uh, yeah. And so, but I'm just so happy to see. I've had so many people reach out to me like, dude, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I uh, just saw it for the second time. What would you think? And these are people I know that like really don't like movies that much. And they're like, that was like the coolest thing I've oh ever yeah. seen. Yeah. And it's like all these people I know that just, like I said, are not huge movie people are like going out to see this movie because I haven't heard at least people I personally know. I have not heard a single person say a negative thing about this movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people like it more than others. Like I've heard people walk out of this movie and go, that's my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, which I think is a bit extreme, but it's like some people love it that much. And then there's some people who are like, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's just, but it's like, Again, very little like to no negativity about this movie right now, which is so so cool. I think. Right. But uh, I do yeah. want to ask. As I was thinking, like you know how you said the second weekend was was mm-hmm. that was so much better. Do you think that nostalgia plays the part as to why people want to see it, and then once they see it, they realize that that's not what it's about? Hundred percent. Yeah. Because the first time I saw this movie. I saw it with my parents because mm-hmm. my parents really loved the first one. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, well, it's a new one. We got to go see it. Right. And then we went and saw it and they were like, whoa, that was so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't even talking about the first one anymore. Right. Because like that's why they wanted to see it in the first place. They were like, now my parents are like, I want to go see Maverick again. Right. Like, they aren't even calling it like Top Gun Maverick. They're just like, I want to go see Maverick again. Like that it's movie was cool. so, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that movie was so cool. I like that's a part of the reason why I know it was a good movie. My dad is a very, my dad is one of those people who's like not a big movie guy. He'll watch them at home, but he really doesn't like going to the movies. And this is one of the movies we were able to get him out of the house to go see it. And when we walked out of the theater, he was like, "That was a good movie." And I was like, "That's that's how I knew." I was like, "We got something special here." My neck is <laughs> yeah, <wrong attention. laughs> yeah. It was it was awesome. But uh, and then do you think like that second weekend is is people seeing it for the first time or people going back? Uh, I honestly, a mix of both, because like I said, how many people I've had reach out to me telling me how good it is. Those people are probably telling everybody else. They know they're like, this Top Gun movie is like legitimately awesome. Right. Like one of the coolest things. And that, what that comes from someone who doesn't like movies. It means a lot more. I agree. Right. Like, I mean, you like a lot of movies. I so know. for you to say like, yeah, this movie's really good. It means less for someone who doesn't like movies to be like, wow, that was really good. I know. Yeah, Exactly. And I, I do think it's a lot of people going back to see it again. I do know a lot of people that have, you know, going to see it t- second and third time. But, dude, yeah, I think, of, I mean, so much of this movie is just word of mouth. Because, yeah. I mean, you're not, now that the movie's been out for coming up on four weeks, you're not seeing ads for it on YouTube or on TV or anything. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's pretty much all just people talking about it, and which I think is so cool. And then That's one a of great th- movie. It is. One other thing I want to talk about, about uh, just a little bit of like behind the scenes for Top Gun 2 is, so Joseph Kaczynski d- directed this movie, and uh, when he approached Tom Cruise about the idea, he basically was like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to make it very character-oriented. Um, I want a ton of focus on Maverick, all this stuff. And then he showed him YouTube videos of like actual naval pilots that basically put like GoPro cameras and all these like 4K cameras, really nice equipment, and attached them to their aircrafts for like these like flights. Mm-hmm. And they're just available on YouTube for free, and they're really really cool. And Kaczynski basically told him, if we can't do better than this, like the movie's pointless. So like we're gonna go all out when we make this. We're gonna fly real planes. We're going to do some like incredibly dangerous stunts because it's got to look cooler than this because you can watch this stuff for free on YouTube. Right. And I am I'm absolutely blown away with how this movie looks. I, think I, I am too, yeah. It's incredible. And I think, I just think it's more because I'm, we're, we live in the age of CGI where mm-hmm. everything is all computer generated. And, it, and honestly, I'm to the point where it feels kind of diluted now where uh, like, I don't know. Like, for instance, I just saw the new Jurassic World movie, and I was hmm. like, "Like, why do the dinosaurs from 1993's Jurassic Park look just as good or better than they do in Jurassic World Dominion?" I think partially because a big part of that movie too, Steven Spielberg like relied on practical effects and like making these dinosaur like, um, like uh, not necessarily puppets, but like you know what I mean. He was making them practically, and I think like that is just so much more effective than building everything with a computer because it's so easy to tell. Right. However much money you're spending on it, it I think there's still just a. It's easy to tell when something's fake and when something's real, but and like and in this movie, it seems the only time they use the CGI is like for explosions. Yeah. Which I mean, like you kind of have to, but all these like fl- these uh these flights and like, um you know they're they're doing these tests these test flights on these like super low terrain and all this stuff in the movie. And it's like, they're actually doing that mm-hmm. and, and it might not be the actors on screen doing it, but they're having real planes do that with these incredibly expensive cameras. And it looks so, so cool. Yeah. I think that's a good segue into just our overall thoughts of the movie, which are, I've, if the viewers can already tell are overwhelmingly positive. Yes. But like, give me, give me your, like when you walked out of the theater, what was, what was going through your head after you first saw it? Well, I want to start by saying, when I was watching it, because mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the, the a lot of the, you kind of have like this up and down throughout the movie where it's like a little bit of drama, a little bit of planes, a little bit of drama, a little bit of planes. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ending scene with the planes. And like when I was like, if I'm going to be honest, I, I was not a big fan of like the story behind it. Like, I mean, it, it not the story, but like some of the writing is, is cheesy and bad, but, but yeah, no, it's cheesy. Yeah. For sure. And uh, as I was watching it, I was kind of like, eh, like, mm-hmm. all right, like, that's kind of the first Top Gun is, I don't know, they're hyping up the ending quite a bit, so let's see what happens. And then after the ending, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, everything just goes out the window, because after you watch the planes, you're like, holy, holy balls, that's <laughs> sick. Yeah. So that was kind of what my head was at. And then, like, you always say, like, when you think about a movie afterwards, that's mm-hmm. when you know it's a good movie. Yeah. And I would literally do that as I, I would be thinking to myself, I'm like, I really just, there were some parts I really didn't like, but I also didn't care. Yeah. It's like I once, the, once the planes are in the air, like nobody cares. You're just looking at how cool it was. A hundred percent. And then I watched it a second time and, um, 
my my views got more polarized. So like I I liked the the planes a lot more, and I disliked parts of it more. Yeah. But overall, I mean, the planes are so cool that it just makes for such a great watch. I yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely a level of cheese to the writing, and I mean that's how the first one was. But like yeah. that's not an excuse. But it like it weirdly it like works for me. Oh yeah. Like like all the little like a lot of people I've heard are uh, a lot of like professionals are basically like saying like it, all of the jokes in the movie are just dad jokes. And like, I, that's actually one of the points I made. Yeah, which like, but like it's kind of f- like I thought it works. Like I loved when I first saw it, the opening scene of the movie where he is trying to go Mach ten, mm-hmm. which I thought was an incredible scene. Mm-hmm. Especially the first time I saw it, like when I was like, whoa! Like I was gripping, I was gripping my armrest. I was like, this movie's, I'm, I'm in for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, he like crash lands and he like walks into that diner, mm-hmm. and everybody's just staring at him. And then he just like looks. Tom Cruise looks around. And he goes, where am I? And that like little kid who was like eating <laughs> cereal in the diner just goes, Earth. Like I was <laughs> like. Uh. <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh okay so like that's the kind of humor we're in for and like it, it worked for me and i think um but yeah, it goes back to like like i said tom cruise isn't the best actor but he's got a ton of charisma oh yeah and i think the fact that like he it's so widely known that he's doing a lot of these stunts himself and he's willing to put like his body on the line and the fact that he's like almost 60 years old doing mm-hmm. all this like I don't care what he's saying. I'm I'm there to watch what he does. So I I agree. There's a level of cheese to it, but it was incredibly entertaining. So oh, I absolutely. That yeah. aspect of it, but um, I have yeah. a point that I'm gonna wait till the end. But it kind of goes off that. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait just because now is not the time to bring it up. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about Tom Cruise, and I want to talk about one of like the big themes of this movie. I said, w- like I said, the movie is put a lot of emphasis on Maverick's character, mm-hmm. and I think a big theme of the movie is um basically him getting older, you know, yeah. which is really cool because that's something Cruz has never acknowledged in any of his other movies. You know, like I said, Mission Impossible, he just keeps cranking them out, and he's the same Ethan Hunt that he was in 1996 as he is in 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm-hmm. In this movie, though, like, there's a very clear line from Ed Harris's character early on in the movie where he's like, you know, Maverick, the future's coming and you're not in it, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so basically, and then, you know, Maverick's struggling to teach these kids, struggling to make them realize, like, basically, you know, you can't think, you just got to do. And uh, so I, I just really admired that it was a movie that acknowledged Cruz's effect as a movie star. Yeah. And basically, like, at some point, the mantle's going to have to be passed because, like, right. Cruz, at the end of the day, people are going to look back at him. He's like a once-in-a-generation talent. Like, oh there's yeah. nobody else out there doing what he does in terms of putting his life on the line and, like, willing to do whatever it takes to get these amazing amazing stunts and, like, action set pieces completed. And so, I mean, basically this movie, a, a big a way you could read into it is just, like, him being, like, I'm still willing to do this as long as I can. But like I said, it's what I do is not permanent. Like, I can't do this for another 20 years. He's 20 years from now, he's going to be 80 years old. Yeah. You know? So I think it's I think it's really, I mean, obviously it works on its own as an extremely entertaining action movie, but it's also like you see how great movies can be with a movie like this. And it's basically for all these, like, young actors out there, especially ones that want to be have this movie star quality, it's basically almost a call to action of, like, who's going to be next? And I, I, I appreciated it, that aspect of it because that's something you've never seen before. There's so mm-hmm. much subtext in this movie that I think not a lot of people are talking about. And I really appreciate it, and I think it's something you pick up um, on the more you watch it. 
but I just like that aspect of it, and I really appreciated that the theme of, of the biggest theme of the movie was basically just like growing older and like yeah. passing the mantle because like he literally passes it from himself to Rooster in this movie. I like that, but I really and we've talked about this, and I don't uh, Val Kilmer's name right? Mm-hmm. Ice Man. Yeah, yeah, and he's he he can't talk. He, yeah, and, and he, actually he, he has serious health issues in yeah. real life, so like that's not just like something they wrote into the movie. But either way, I thought that scene was really weird. I loved it. Really? Because I, 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 he's just texting like you have to. I agree with you, and I love the theme behind that. But I feel like I feel like you understand that without the scene where he just like explicitly says it's time to let go. Mm-hmm. I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. It. There is a level of cheese to it. Yeah. Well, see, and that's an example I'm talking about. But I think, dude, for me, a part of it is still that subtext. And so I I like that scene a lot because, like, the fact that Val Kilmer's in this movie is, like, not only such a nice gesture on the on the part of, like, all the producers and everybody behind the scenes to get him in this movie, especially, like, where he's at health-wise in his life. But I thought, like even though he really can't speak very well. And mm-hmm. I thought, I, I mean, I really thought he held his own. And I think the the scene between him and Maverick ends with such a great moment where, you know, obviously Val Kimmer's really struggling to speak. And he's like, just tell me one thing, who is the better pilot? And the scene ends where Cruz goes, this is a really great moment. Let's not, not ruin it. Not ruin it. Like that was a great. And yeah. And, but like, like I said, though, you know, he's obviously like communicating through typing words onto his computer. Right. And he types, you know, you know, Maverick, it's time to let go. Yeah, and, and then there was kind of like that 30 seconds where he kind of looks at the screen and looks down, and he's almost like trying to cry. And yeah, it's extremely yeah. on the nose, but like I said, I started – well, the second time I watched this movie, I watched it completely through the subtext lens, mm-hmm. except for the last 40 minutes because the last 40 minutes are just like such an exhilarating thrill ride. Like yeah. you just got to like – you can't think. You, you just got to watch. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Little, but, but the like, audience will laugh at that. Exactly. I like that part of it. That but anyway, so, I but like him saying it's time to let go is basically like him saying, like, Tom Cruise, you can maybe only do this another five years. Yeah. It's time to let go of trying to be this, like, Hollywood macho man, trying to be the greatest movie star that ever lived, because you probably already are. Yeah. Like, frankly, you're, you're at least in the conversation. And so it's like, it's time to realize, you know, what the rest of your career is going to look like. I mean, because what, what is Tom Cruise going to be doing when he's 75, 80 years old? He's not, he can't be doing this. Yeah. He can't be jumping building to building in Mission Impossible. How is he going to subvert his career to still have such an impact on movies where he can't do the stuff he was able to once do? Yeah. So I think watching it through that lens made me in- appreciate that scene a lot more, made me appreciate the movie on a completely different level than just a pure entertainment value. I didn't but think about that. I, it's just... But then again, like, like well, next time I watch it, I'm going to think about that. But like the text messages... Oh, they're awesome. What? The perfect punctuation? Oh. Come on. How is that not two 60-year-old dudes texting each other? It Well, okay, yeah, but, like, like I don't know, just the response in, like, two seconds. Wait, that, well, okay, obviously that's, like, and you then, know, yeah, that, and that's, it's like, that's your movie magic right there. I'm not like, asking, you know, like, uh-huh. I, that, that, I'm getting nitpicky again. Like, I love the movie. I'm not saying anything bad about it. But, again, that was kind of where I was, like, really? Mm-hmm. I love it. It's the perfect punctuation and just, like, like Maverick texting like the kid's not ready. Yeah, period. Exactly. And he's like, and Ice is just like, how's it going? And Maverick's just like, you know, the, the kid's not ready. They don't want to listen. All this stuff. And then he's like, why didn't you tell me about this earlier? And then like, yeah, would you have would come? you have come if I told you earlier? And it's just like, it's so, 
it's so on the nose and like yes watching it through the eyes of a 20 year old 21 year old just like kind of like dude nobody i would but never text my friend well like that. but, but it's, it's not so much about the punctuation it's just about like again mm-hmm. like how direct it is that i didn't like Okay. Where, yeah, yeah he's just like yeah, the kid's not ready <laughs> no yeah, yeah i see what you mean but it's funny because like like this past semester in school i worked for a man who was in his 80s and every single time he would text me about work he would sign off at the end of every text like oh yeah hey can you do this for me need it by the end of the week george mm-hmm. i was like y- you don't need to sign off a text no and so it's like i i agree that it definitely captures probably their age and personality uh-huh. but again like that was just like that's so direct and like you said so on the nose that i didn't love it okay but yeah that's also should i get into my other like biggest thing that i was like well we all see it c- just my other like nitpicky issue sure because i, I want to le- i guess and then we can just talk talk about positives. how great it is yeah, and again i love the movie but yeah i just i obviously watching the movie you know, Tom Cruise, you, you know that he's going to end up flying at the end. Oh, yeah. But I the scene where he's like, or do I sacrifice my <laughs> career by making you team leader? And he, yes. like, takes a step forward. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I think it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah. And that whole scene, I'm like, I'm happy that Tom Cruise is flying. But, yeah, I just, again, was kind of like. Yeah, I agree. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody knew Tom Cruise was going to fly. Yeah. And I agree. That's just more to the writing, which is kind of like, it feels like it's feels like one of those things where it's like you're either in on the joke or you're not. Right. Where it's like, they, I mean, they're not trying to hide it that the writing's pretty campy. Oh yeah, no. Where I mean, just but like again, no one's going to see. Exactly, and so that. I, I love that John Hamm just like staring out the window into the horizon, just like, damn it, Maverick, <laughs> do I put my career on the line or like? Yeah. Wait, wait, what is it like? I, do I give you the do I do the right thing and give you dishonorable discharge? Or do I put my career on the m- line and make you captain this mission? <laughs> and <laughs> <it's just> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like even all the stuff like like how cocky Hangman is. Yeah, where he's just like, I don't, I don't even remember some of his quotes, but he's just like, I don't, I don't you even said know. You to go fast, didn't you? Yeah, I know. They couldn't keep up. Yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. Where I'm like, come on. But then like, uh, but then it's like on rewatches. Like, I'm about to go see it for a third time, and it's like, I'm looking forward to those quotes now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to the, damn it, Maverick, what do I do? Like, well, I can't wait for that. And that's, like, something, like, when I think back in this movie and I talk about the friends, like, I'm going to be, like, quoting that. Yeah. Because you can't quote how cool the visuals are. Well, once you, you know? yeah, like, once you accept that the movie is for how it looks and not for the writing, then it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, you're right, the dialogue is not great no <laughs> but i think what the movie is trying to say is so interesting i can i can about get behind getting that. older and yeah. stuff like that i can and get like behind and that. the legacy you leave so yeah it's so it's funny it's that it's this mixed bag in that department yeah but what is great about it like we said is the visuals and especially that climax mm-hmm. now wh- if i uh, did you have any other nitpickies type stuff you wanted to make um so, since I, since i have it here i guess i'll just i'll say it i want to talk about the the comedy of the movie, like you were saying. Yeah. Because it's mostly dad jokes. Uh-huh. But people, after seeing it two times, different audiences laugh at different points. 100%. Yeah. And it's weird. The movie does have pretty poor comedic timing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's the one at the end where it's like, you said don't think, just do. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone's laughing. But that's, mm-hmm. like, I think the... like No, the it's supposed to be, like, a pretty serious pretty moment. <laughs> serious moment. Like, the whole point of the movie. 
Yeah. And then there's, like you were saying, the one where he falls out the window. Th- th- this one is way worse, in my opinion. Yeah. You, you, you tell it. Yeah, because, like, he's, you know, has this relationship with Jennifer Connelly, who has a teenage daughter. And he's, like, at her house, and he has to try and sneak out. And he goes out the, out the window onto the roof, falls off the roof. And when he lands on the ground, he locks eyes with her daughter, who didn't know that he was there. Yeah. And so, like, there's this comedic moment. They definitely lock eyes. And so it's kind of like this awkward humor type thing. And everybody's laughing, which, like, it seems like it's played for laughs. Right. And then, you know, they're staring at each other, and she goes, just don't break her heart again. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's incredibly serious. Yeah. And people are still like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, no, the comedic part's over. Like, yeah. That was, in, that was very serious. Yeah. And, like, that was weird that, like, they thought that was, like, a good idea. Like, they're sitting there, with, like, with all the footage in front of them and the cutting room floor, and they're like, let's have him lock eyes with her in this very awkward comedic way, but then have her say something, like, that literally would just, that just, like, rips his heart out of her, ch- out of his chest. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, it was just a really weird thing to add in. And you're right, the way the audiences reacted to it is very odd. Yeah. And, but. And, like, there's, in the first scene with the Mach 10, what, remember mm-hmm. when he's, like, purposefully, like, not talking? And yeah. making it sound like he's cutting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to me, like, that's comedy. Like, that's the funny thing, where he's just, yeah. like, messing with the general of the, like, yeah. the military. Yeah, and we're the only ones laughing at it. Yeah, and then, like, people are laughing at, like, the most serious parts of the movie. I don't know. It was just yeah. weird. It w- yeah. Both times I saw it, one of the times we saw it was together, and you're right, it's a, the comedy's a very mixed bag in yeah, this movie. Yeah, I just, I thought it was weird. We also had a lot of clappers the second time. Yeah, I had a lot of clappers both times. I saw oh, really? It. The yeah. first time, the first time I didn't watch it in Dolby, I don't know if that makes a difference. Uh, it was yeah. a very small, it was a big theater with not a lot of people. Uh-huh. And so, like, I don't know if that changes anything. Yeah, I mean. But the audience was way more involved. They didn't laugh as much the first time either. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, you never know what you're going to get when you yeah. go to movies. But, <laughs> yeah, I had clappers both times, and that's definitely one of my pet peeves. Oh, yeah. I, like, I love that progressive commercial right now where oh, it's, yeah. like, they're <laughs> trying to not be like your parents, and they start clapping the movie, and the guy just leans over. Nobody who made the movie is here. <laughs> I love that. But um, all right, I want to talk about, like, the visuals and the climax. Okay. Now, one of the things that I think this movie does so well, and when you look at a lot of blockbusters today, like Marvel movies, for example, there's very few of them where, like, the climax really sticks out of the movie. At least that's how I feel when I think back on them, a lot of them at least. Well, I'm going to go the other way. And I think that, like, Marvel movies, especially now, they have their end fight at the end, and they try and show you this is the climax, this is where it all matters. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being, like, way too much and way in your face, and that's what, like, makes me not care. It's like okay. when they explicitly tell you, like, you know, like, where are they go? New York City. Yeah. Like, this is the big battle, this is the big fight. And it's like... Yeah. I, I g- so what I was going to say about Top Gun Maverick, yeah. is, though, is that the movie really really puts an emphasis on build up oh yeah well and that's the thing though but they they spend the whole movie doing it yeah 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 versus a marvel movie where it's like that's exactly what i'm saying yeah i feel like marvel movie climaxes aren't super memorable because it's just like uh fighting 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 we need this thing and then it's like now it's time for the climax to come in right before it starts right before it starts it's like Christ, they're going to New York City. Yeah. Oh, there's an army I didn't know about. Yeah, I know. Where it's like, Top Gun Maverick is 130 minutes long, uh-huh. and they spend the first 90 minutes literally just like beating the audience over the head with the fact that like this mission is near impossible. Yeah. This is how you're going to have to fly it. This is the only way to fly it. 
like to get it out of there alive. It's near impossible. Like we have three weeks to get ready for it. Like it'll be a miracle if we complete this. Yeah. And like they are just beating you over the head with that for ninety minutes. Yeah. And so you're like, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then like, and then when the climax starts, like you feel the weight, like mm-hmm. you feel the stakes because it's been beat over your head so much. And like the first time I saw it, I thought it was like borderline annoying. Where I was like, dude, I get how important the mission is. Just like show it to me already. Yeah. And then, but like by the time like the mission had started, I was like. I, I felt I found it to be so rewarding. Oh, yeah. I found it to be like, because it's not just one big fight. It's like a series of basically checkpoints. Like, mm-hmm. even in the movie, they're like, there's basically three miracles. We've got Miracle 1, Miracle 2, Miracle 3. And it's like, here's Miracle 1, boom, check. And it's like, here's Miracle 2. And it's like, all right, now you got, you know, a minute and a half to get through this, like, low uh, valley. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, now you see why they put so much emphasis on it, because, like, it's a 40-minute climax. But it feels like every single minute matters. Oh, yeah. It's not just like a Marvel movie where it's like a hodgepodge of fighting and, like, you might right. remember a couple cool parts here and there. It's like every single minute matters. Yeah. And so that part I thought of it was just so smart, and it makes that climax so much better. I, what, that, what I like about it, too, is I so – so the climax is broken into, like, the mission, and then, like, once yeah. once um, Rooster and Maverick are in the – What's the Once they crash land. I, yeah. I, well, that's the thing. There is no, like, country. No, I mean, like, the, the plane. The old plane. It's oh, like it's, F- like, it's like an F-14? 14? 14, 14, 18, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of broken down to two parts. The first part, where they're actually doing the mission, I like 20 times more. I mean, they're both sick. Okay. But I like the first one. And the reason I think is, again, you're talking about how, like, the whole movie's building up to this. Mm-hmm. And then when they're flying over the ocean... And it's like you just hear the planes and them talking. And it's super serious. And they're like getting to, you know, attack formation. And they're just like, it's like there's no music. There's no like, and there might be score, which you talk yeah. about. But there's no like. The score in this movie, I think. Is yeah. There's no, there's really no music. Good. There's no like, this is it, gentlemen. It's like, it's just kind of quiet and like realistic. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, Hans Zimmer, by the way, who did the music for this movie, the score really underrated work i think i mean he's obviously one of the most prolific composers working today but i don't think enough people are talking about the work he did in this movie i think it works really really well but yeah like you're right and i think but i think it's yeah i don't know if i'd say it like breaks down into two parts but you're right it is like the mission and then yeah basically then like the escape i guess is a good way to call it Uh, but um yeah there's still so much emphasis put on the mission so like i mean the movie's four weeks old. You should have seen it by now. So, like, when the mission is completed, like, there is such a relief. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the fact... Then it kind of turns into, like, a Mission Impossible James Bond-type movie for a little bit, which, like, is a little bit out of left field. But once once the planes are in the air, you exactly. totally forget about that's it. That's the so, thing. Um, but, yeah, and, and that's another thing, too. So, they're in this old plane, and they're, like, they put such... I mean, Miles Teller's character, Rooster, just talking about how, like, man, this plane's so old. I don't even know how these controls work. Mm-hmm. And... Then, you know, in the previous 90 minutes in the movie, one of the things they kept talking about was this was this phrase, fifth generation fighters, mm-hmm. which nobody knows what that means, except other than it's like bad guys, good fighters, like advanced technology, way better than what we have. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's like fifth generation fighters equals bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so now they're in the air with like this old plane from the 80s and they're they got two fifth gen fighters on their tail. So mm-hmm. now you're just like, oh, shit, like now yeah. what? And so that part, I, I, I love it all. 
you're right, but like when they're in the air, there's nothing like it. Yeah. This is one of the few movies I've seen that I cried in, not because of like anything to do with the story or characters. I cried in this movie both times I saw it just because I knew I was watching one of the coolest things I've seen on screen. Because it's like such an emphasis on practicality, such a little emphasis on computer generated imagery, and it's just like I just all the work and the manpower that I know went into like creating these sequences is unbelievably cool to me. Yeah, it's just like brings a tear to my eye. So it's so admirable. I want to mention too part of why I think it's it's very realistic. We kind of talked about they made it look realistic because it Mm -hmm. is real. Um, is like um, what's a Phoenix's guy in the back, Bob. 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 Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenes where he's like calling out fighters and mm-hmm. smoke in the air. Yeah. And you see him like put his hand on the window and like push himself to the side. Yeah. And I just think like like that was something I remember watching, and it's really small, but it's like it's it's more realistic because like I feel like in the first one they were like, oh yeah, there's something behind us, and they're just like looking forward, and they're like, oh yeah, it's right on her tail. Yeah. Where in this one you actually like see them working together and like actually like. I don't know, just being yeah. more real, if yeah, that makes being sense. Being more active, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, again, just being like, oh, yeah, it's right on our tail. Like, oh, it's coming. Smoking yeah. air. I, c- I can uh, feel it. Yeah. I don't 100%. know. No, yeah. And I think another huge thing to add to this movie, which was great in the original Top Gun, but I think is to the max in this movie, is the sound. Mm-hmm. The sound adds so much. Like, one of the things that every time I've watched it, I think is so cool is, um, you know, basically when they're yelling out, smoking air, smoking air, and they have to deploy all those flares, mm-hmm. basically, to, like, uh, throw the missiles off track just the sound of that that like Uh throwing out all those flares is like so sick and you're right both times i've seen it was in the dolby theater at amc so it's like the sound quality is like really cool and like my seat is vibrating when those jet engines get going Mm -hmm. but like again like i saw jurassic world in the dolby and it wasn't nearly as cool as that so you know and it's like i just it's those things like that that just like really get me going get me riled up i'm also a sucker for like uh teamwork Mm-hmm. Right, which is a big part of the movie, and then at right after the mission, and yeah. it is the dogfight, and there is smoke in the air, and they're doing the missiles, yeah, and like they're all having conversations with another person right. over each other, yeah, and it's just like there's another point that I had heard somebody make about this movie, where it's like the the conversations plane to plane, even mm-hmm. when they're doing their training and they're doing like the dogfight simulations, kind of all of the like conversations they're having. They're edited so well. Oh, yeah. It's so seamless because that's a really difficult task to do. I can imagine. And, the, yeah, you're right. The The conversation plane to plane is, is like, it's done really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I, like you were saying, like, the score obviously adds to that emotion. Yeah. And after, like, Miracle 1 and 2 were completed, it adds to it. Yeah. But I remember being there, like, this is what it's about. Like, this is what Tom yeah. Cruise was training for them. Yeah. Right? Because even right, if they yeah. are the best pilots, like, yeah. you got to help each other mm-hmm. out. And that's another, one of my, another one of my favorite parts in the movie is – uh. Very small part in there. I feel like not a lot of people talk about it. Can I guess? Sure. When they're playing football on the beach? No. But oh. <laughs> awesome scene. And might I, dude, the song that plays in that is by One Republic, which hell of a band to add onto your soundtrack for Top Gun. Uh-huh. Song's called I Ain't Worried. Unbelievable tune. Like I, that's I been agree. my song of the summer so far. Yeah. What a sleeper. And that it works so well for the scene, like that whistling, like background music, and then just so upbeat. It's like the perfect windows down driving while the sun is out type yeah. of song i love that song but um what were we even talking sorry about your favorite that? underrated scene oh yeah yeah talk about football scene though great but anyway <laughs> dude um so it's when you know he basically gives them the time frame of what is it like 2 30 uh-huh. to like get through this valley 
and they're doing it and they keep failing and failing and failing and failing and Tom Cruise has him right there and he's like, hey, why'd you fail? And they're like, well, we went above the hard deck. And he's like, don't tell me, tell his family. Oh, yeah. All right. I was like, that's so smart. Yeah. It reminded me of, uh, have you seen the movie Warrior? Mm-mm. About the two brothers who are MMA fighters? Dude, so sports movie that I absolutely love and I think is also like criminally, I don't know if underrated is the right, the right word, but like under discussed. But there's a part in that movie, basically, they're in this huge MMA fighting tournament and this one of the brothers who's in it is like, He's got a wife, he's got two young daughters, and he's, like, fighting bankruptcy. Okay. Like, he's about to lose his house, lose his job, and they, they do these three-round fights in this huge tournament to win, like, it's millions of dollars. And his trainer pulls him into the corner. He's losing the fight after the first two rounds, and he and all he says to him is, if you don't knock this guy out in this round right now, you don't have a home. Oh. And, like, like I get chills just thinking about it. I, did, I, was, I did, too. And, like, that part in the movie, Warrior, where I, I was just, like, that I was like, if I was in his shoes, that was that's all I need to hear. Yeah. And like, sure enough, he goes and knocks him out the next round. And I was like, like uh, that was one of the most satisfying moments as an audience member watching a movie. And like, I just love that they made that um, that choice in the movie because that's not in the first Top Gun. They no, don't talk yeah. about like, yes, Goose dies in the first one, and it's very emotional when it does happen. But outside of that, do they really ever discuss death? I feel like, and in this movie, it's like because of how he's affected by Goose, which is Maverick's now like. Yes, I want to successfully complete the mission, but a success for me is bringing these kids home safe. Right. And so, like, being the, don't tell me why you failed, tell his family why he's not coming home. Right. Like, that, I thought that was a really cool way to, a really cool addition to the movie. But I um, Actually, that point you just brought up is giving me chills right now just thinking about it. It's little things, man. Yeah. Dude, but uh, one other thing that I really, really loved about this movie is the lack of politicization. I feel like in a lot of movies today, politics are very evident. Oh, yeah. You know? Because it's a selling point. Wait, that and, and it makes just you like look good. But yeah, exactly. That's I think that's mainly what it is. I think it makes you look good. If you have just like a some sort of agenda getting done. And, and then in this movie, they very easily could have done it. Could have been like, oh, it's Russians hiding these, uh, hiding this uranium that's about to be activated. Right. But no. Like, right when right in the beginning when the mission's announced, the uh, the officers that are talking to Tom Cruise are just like, yes, a a n- NATO. Well, they say NATO is the only thing they say, but they oh. say like a NATO a NATO treaty has been violated. And there's uranium that's about to be activated. We need to stop them. Right. That's all you need as an audience member. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't need some like huge thing about how like capitalism works into this and how that capitalism's the real enemy. And right. it's like I just wanted to see just awesome planes flying and just like completing a mission and they made they made the stakes feel felt not by politicizing the event not by making this some huge statement but just by saying that flying the planes to complete this mission is near impossible yeah that's your stakes like if you don't do it absolutely perfect you're gonna die that's Mm -hmm. your stakes and so i just really appreciate that the emphasis was so much on the action and not on the politics of the movie which i feel like is really really rare in movies in the 2020s i didn't think about that either that's a great point um i i when i first watched it though i did i was like oh like the enemies in the fifth generation when they got like the black helmet blacks like you don't you don't know anything about oh yeah Mm -hmm. i was kind of like it's kind of funny but then watching the second time i I did appreciate that more where it's like you don't know who the enemy is it's just the enemy yeah that's all you need to know yeah very patriotic it was you know what by not politicizing it i think it made it more patriotic oh i agree 100 percent. because like 
I don't think we've had a movie like that since like the 80s where it's like kind of like America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, you know, I not a lot of people want these days, I guess, but at least that's what Hollywood tells you, but it's like I don't know. I I that you're right. That was one of the most patriotic movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Which I liked a lot, which just cuz you never see it anymore. Yeah. You got any closing thoughts about Top Gun Maverick? I actually this isn't a closing thought. This is another point I want to bring. Oh, go for it. Because again, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But n- I do want to talk about it because so the so the kind uh, th- when they crash. Okay, wh- so when Tom Cruise goes down. Yeah. Okay. And um uh, whatever his name is says bring everybody come back home. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Rooster disobeys that and goes and gets Tom Cruise. Right. Did you enjoy that where he like disobeys? Because like he, my my thing is, I, I loved it. Really? <laughs> See, my thing was like throughout the whole movie, they spend this whole time like trusting Tom Cruise and the generals that it can be done. Right. So like they yeah. put a lot of faith in their leaders, and Tom Cruise, even though he disagrees with the generals a lot, he puts a lot of faith in them. Like just, just tr- like, th- th- I'm, I'm not, not, not sure how I want to <laughs> word this. Overall, I think the generals are looked at as good people, even though Tom yeah. Cruise disag- disagrees with them. Right. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate the fact that like, oh, Tom Cruise is down now. We drop everything, and like we go back into the fight to go get him. You didn't appreciate that? I didn't appreciate that. Only because it just, like you said, it makes it more like an, a Mission Impossible thing. Uh, well, I think the Mission Impossible part of things is like, all right, now that we've crash-landed, let's go s- hijack a plane and oh, fly okay. that. I think that's the Mission Impossible aspect of it. I like the like going back to get Mav anyway because that's showing the effect Maverick has had on Rooster. Because Rooster, Rooster, like they said, early in the movie, Rooster, he's a slow pilot. He mm-hmm. flies too slow to get this mission done and he's very by the book yeah and so for him to be like no i need to go get mav i need to fly fast i need to get there quick i need him i'm not gonna think i'm just gonna do mm-hmm. i think that's showing the effect maverick has had on rooster which i like a lot and i i, I think cruise and teller by the end have a really great chemistry together mm-hmm. and it that i mean then that part of it just makes it once they finally get back on the ship at the end of the movie and they just like have that hug makes it that much better. Oh, absolutely. But mm-hmm. again, I just, I don't know when I first watched it, uh-huh. like Tom Cruise gets up, like mm-hmm. w- I, we talked about this, like it was kind of a weird turn, but I kind of wanted him to like see like, yeah, see goose and just be like Tom Cruise died, like doing yeah. what he loved for, for rooster instead yeah. of like this. Oh, he's a lot like, cause you know, I've always said it. I'm really not a fan of like people who you act like they die and then they don't. Yeah, that's a that's a fair complaint. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I you know the first time I saw it when Maverick's plane went down, I thought he was gonna die. I I but thought he should have. Yeah, I definitely think there's an argument there, but then that comes in like that's the Tom Cruise like movie star effect though, kind of. Yeah. He has so much say in it in these movies. Yeah. That I mean, I I was listening to a podcast recently that was talking about. Tom Cruise's career there's only like and he's been in so many movies over his career because his career started in like the early 80s mm-hmm. I think there's only like one or two movies that he's been in where his character dies and now he's at the point in his career where he has so much say in the movies he does so I think I I think it was kind of foolish of me to think that he would kill his own character yeah but um but then again like 
then you get into like the hijacking the plane. Yeah. But then once in the air, you once don't in care. the air, <laughs> and even and it's like when I saw it for the second time, like I found myself like enjoying the part of them like trying to steal the plane even more. But it's just like I just get so swept up in this movie, which yeah. is just like such a rare thing because usually like when I'm watching movies, I'm so intent on just watching. I'm trying to multitask as much as I can, take in the movie at the same time while also dissecting it. Whereas this is just one of those movies, man, where that those last 40 minutes I forgot I was watching a movie. I was that, like, swept up in it. Really? See, like, again, when they're in the air, I forgot. But then when they were on the ground, that's when I was like... Well, yeah, well, I agree. And it's the first time I saw it, when they were on the ground, I was like... It, you're right. I, it took me out of it again. Mm-hmm. But then it was, like, the second time I saw it, knowing, like, what happened. Because the okay, first... You're right. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was kind of like... There was a little bit of me that was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like they're not actually going to steal this plane, are they? Right. But then knowing that comes and just knowing how satisfying it is once they get back on the ship at the end, I was kind of just like, screw it. I'm here for it. Yeah, like, well, I'm yeah, so, absolutely. I'm down for this. And yeah. again, like like going back again, mm-hmm. I'm not going – I don't care about Tom Cruise and yeah. whatever the actress's name is. I don't care about the relationship. Oh, yeah, not at all. But I, I want to see Maverick the and that, but like but the second time I watched it, Maverick and Rooster's relationship, like – hit me like a oh well yeah like well, a, but that's like different because he's a fighter that's what i'm saying yeah but like like i said the first time i saw it i didn't cry at anything plot or character related I was just crying at how cool it was mm-hmm. i cried at the same parts the second time i saw it but i also cried when they hugged at the end because just i don't know why but i did mm-hmm. and i also cried when the mission's going on and rooster's falling behind and they're like rooster we need you to pick up the pace or else we're not going to make it on time and there's just like a moment of silence, and Rooster says, "Talk to me, Dad." Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why that hit that hit me so hard, and I just like I just like started crying. I was like, "Why? Why is this affecting me so much more the second time than it is the first time I saw it?" But I, I just love that part of it, and it, I bet the third time I see it, like a different part's gonna hit me really yeah. hard. But it's like, it's just I love this movie so much that it's like I I can see myself watching this like multiple times a year, mm-hmm. and it's like I can't say that about a lot of movies. So yeah, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, and if you've listened to this whole podcast and you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, well, I'm sorry because we basically talked about the whole movie, but it's still worth it though. It's so awesome. Um, I'm curious though. I I really am curious how good the movie's gonna be outside of theaters. Oh, you mean like how effective it would be like watching it at home? Yeah. Yeah, I think there it'll definitely lose something. Well, yeah, but I'm uh-huh. I'm just I mean, do you think it'll still be? I I doubt it. Yeah. That's why I want to see it in theaters again while I still can. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure on every single episode I've done of the True Critic Podcast, I've talked about how important I think the theater experience is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's... That was on your, your True Critic Twitter, you said it. Like this, yeah, like about I think this that was, movie. I think that was your whole explanation was just like, this just exemplifies how important theaters are. Yeah. And yeah, well, like, yeah, like I said, I was like, you know, streaming is becoming more and more dominant by the day. Mm-hmm. And now you see with the money Top Gun Maverick's making and like how it's continuing to make money through word of mouth. That's the power of movie theaters. Yeah. Like, you cannot get the experience with Top Gun Maverick in your living room that you get in like the Dolby Cinema, for exist for example. I agree. Like, your your seat is literally shaking. Those jet engines are so loud. Mm-hmm. The dog fights are on a hundred foot screen in front of you. Like, that's that's an experience you can't get at home. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I love it so much. But yeah, any closing thoughts on it? <laughs> Real closing thoughts. Um. No, I, I think I kind of shit on it a little bit more than I want. Like, I really That's did okay. love the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was very nitpicky. No, it's okay to get nitpicky. This yeah. is the place to do it. Right? No, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, I do want people to know, like, who are listening that overall, I loved it. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> this is, like I said, it's about it's about to be four weeks 
four weeks old in movies in movie theaters for four weeks and it's like ever since i saw it on opening day i think about it every day you know what was funny is you originally said you after the second time you watched it you go i'm probably not going to see it a third time i know and now, but now i keep now thinking about it, it. Yeah. <laughs> and i really want to go see it again and i bet after i see it a third time i'm going to be like okay i'm done i'm done like i don't need to see it again but then two two three days later i'm gonna be like yeah okay i need to go again yeah but that's just a testament to how much I uh, we like this movie. I think so. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. Top Gun Maverick. I'd be absolutely stunned if it's not on my top ten of the uh, of the year by the time twenty twenty two is over. But it's pretty high up there right now, and uh, I can't wait to see it again. So, Teddy, thank you for joining me. Thanks for this having me. This concludes another episode of the True Critic Podcast. Thank you everybody for listening, and be sure to tune into the next one and any other episodes that you haven't listened to yet. So I appreciate it very much, and uh, see you guys next time.